get your snowcats ready and get over here. Right now? You darn tootin'. Don't you know it's time for the governor's weekly address? Live from the Situation Room of his lakefront chateau, he's bringing a little color to the voice of Minnesota sports talk and worldwide. His mama calls him Vince, but you can call him Governor. And by way of executive order, he's serving real sports fans a dose of sports done right. Are you ready? You like that? You like that? Line to left center field, Byron to his right, running, diving, and makes a spectacular catch! Lost one out near side, May there, intercepted! Gophers have picked it off! It's Winfield down the sideline to the 35! His second INT of the day! Swap for a shot, he scores! Zuccarello and Kaprizov work their magic again! And the Wild lead it 1-0! Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready to talk some sports. What's going on, everybody? Vince Wright, the sports governor, coming to you live and direct. This is another edition of the Sports Done Right podcast, coming to you from the Situation Room, deep, deep below the sports governor's mansion here in the East Metro. Thank you so much for joining us. And first off, I want to apologize. We've been having some technical issues and I, I do apologize for that because I wanted the show to be out yesterday, but here we go. It is what it is, right? So tonight we have uh, Jeremy Herter joining us. He is better dead than red from the Twitter world. He is a gopher hoops. Uh, uh, well, uh, he'll be our analyst, let's say. So we'll definitely call him that. So appreciate him. You're going to hear him and our takes on the upcoming Gopher basketball season. Uh, Gopher football, this week they have Nebraska. Last week it was Rutgers. And, you know, Gophers coming off of a a losing streak. Kind of a lot of folks very disappointed that the Big Ten championship is therefore out of reach. Especially with Illinois winning again down in Nebraska. And, it, you know, it's Illinois' division to lose at this point. But Gophers come back 30 nothing over Rutgers. They did what they had to do. But our son had our tickets, so we watched the game on TV. And it just seemed like there just wasn't a lot of energy there. Uh, it's it, You know, you don't ever want to try and criticize a, a shutout, no matter who the opponent is. But let's see what the Gophers can build now that they got that under their belts. Nice win. Obviously, great job from the defense there. Still need to see some some steps forward from the passing game. Uh, our man Tanner was back under center there. Offensive line, hit and miss. So if they expect to go down to Nebraska this Saturday and win, they're going to have to give you a much better effort than and it doesn't again that sound weird than last week when they shut out a you know a Big Ten East opponent, but you know people go, well, hey, it's Rutgers and all that, and, and I get it, but you know they're gonna have to play better and they're gonna have to try and figure out this passing game too. Nebraska is, you know, definitely, you know, I don't want to say they're they you know are rebounded or anything like that, but hey. They are playing a little bit better football. And really, I mean, what more can you say about that? So uh, this trip to Lincoln is not going to be something, as any game that we talk about here with the Gophers, you know, there are are no gimmies or anything like that at this point. So 
Gopher's going to have to go down to Lincoln. They're going to have to be prepared. And they're going to have to get off to an early start because the one thing you can say about Lincoln and, and Nebraska and people talk about the history and all that, they do. They they got a big, huge stadium, like 80,000 people, 85,000, and it is filled to the rafters. The state is still behind that school. And, and you know, it's good to see. That's, that's what you like to see, so... Point being, this is not going to be an easy game, I feel, for the Gophers by any means. So they got to get prepared, figure out, get these wide receivers open. Um, You know, these guys got to create some separation. You know, Span, you know, Stevens, these guys, they've looked so good at at points this season. But again, they just kind of gone into a shell there. So hopefully the Gophers come out. Um, outside of that Big Ten action there, it's all over on the east side. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. And, you know, again, I'm picking Ohio State to come out of the mix. I'm picking Ohio State to beat Michigan. Uh, Michigan, you know, they're finding ways to, to win. But with that being said, um, I just don't see them beating Ohio State, at least from what I'm seeing right now. With that, that takes us to the first college football playoff poll. And here's the thing here. Georgia, or excuse me, hold on one second. I'm looking at the wrong poll. Tennessee was number one. And, I mean, listen, I got my man Grant out there. And I, I got to give it to him, man, because Tennessee has just been phenomenal. Um, and no general ranking, but Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. You got Clemson right there looking in. Uh, Tennessee, man, they, you know, they're going down to Georgia this Saturday. And that is obviously the game of the weekend. I will definitely be checking that game out. And this is the real deal for Tennessee because, I mean, look, if Tennessee beats Georgia, what's to stop them, right? At least on paper, in their minds. So Tennessee poised to really make a statement this Saturday. If they can take down the defending champions in Georgia between the hedges, dirty dogs down south, oh, man, it will be on like a Donkey Kong. Outside of that, you know, uh, a few teams hanging around waiting to get back in that top four. You got Bama, like I said, Clemson. You know, TCU, eh, they've, they're trying to position Oregon, SC. You know, eh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I think Alabama probably finds a way to maybe creep back in, into that four. But we'll see. But, man, tune in this weekend. Tennessee, Georgia is the big one there. Uh, also... Some boxing news here on the Sports Done Right podcast. Our main man, David Morrell Jr., is back at it. Saturday night, Showtime Boxing is back in Minneapolis, downtown at the Armory. For those of you that reached out for tickets on Twitter, thank you very much. All the tickets are gone and given away, so it's going to be another sellout down there. It'll be about four or 5,000 folks. And, man, David Morrell Jr., now... He's going up against a guy, Ados, and please excuse me because I've I've been trying to learn this last name. I've you know I've been listening to the guys in interviews and stuff. Your boss newly, your boss newly, um, I, and I know I butchered that, but anyway, WBA super middleweight belt on the line, David Morrell Jr. Uh, Minneapolis is his adopted home. He's seven and zero with six knockouts. Uh, We'll call him Ados. His apartment, his his apartment, his uh, opponent, sixteen and 0, 11 knockouts, and this is going to be something because both of these guys both want to fight David Benavides after this fight. You need a victory to do that, and David Morrell Jr. is really poised to start making noise. This is the you know the division with Canelo Alvarez, like we said. There's some big names in this division, and if he can win this fight in particular, this may be, actually, folks, your last chance to see David fight here locally for a very long time because, you know, he's uh, being trained by Ronnie Shields. He's on his way, and with the win this Saturday, he's really positioned 
to really start getting some big looks and, you know, some fights in some big, big boxing markets out there, Vegas, New York City, all that stuff. So the uh, man from Cuba, again, who is now living in the Twin Cities and calls Minnesota his home, fighting out of the armory where he has just provided so much entertainment and very quick fights, by the way, you know. He the thing I like about Morell is he goes after opponents. He he wastes very little time. He kind of looks for what he wants to do and if he has that opening, he's going to come in and he's going to try and take you out. So, if you know, if he can find a way to hurt you early, uh to get in your head and, and get in his opponent's head, Man, it can be a very short night. So again, tickets are still available Saturday down at the Minneapolis Armory. David Morrell Jr. fighting on Showtime November 5th again Saturday. I'll be at the press conference tomorrow. I'll be posting some stuff to my social media, Twitter, Facebook for Sports Done Right. And again, shout out to Rob Lear at Lear Communications for uh, the hookup with the press passes. And um, the fine folks over at PBC. And the fine folks at Showtime Championship Boxing as well. So a big fight in the Twin Cities. Again, there will definitely be a good crowd. There always is for his fights. All right. So let's do this. We are going to talk a little bit about the Big Ten and basketball here. Now, we got an interview with Jeremy Herder coming up that we're going to play here. Uh, you know, the Gophers taking the next step. Year two for Ben Johnson. You know, what does he have to do? What does the team have to do for this to be a successful season? Because, you know, Illinois, Indiana's looking good again. Michigan, you know, coming off of a nice run a couple years ago. Uh, you know, Jawan Howard doing really good things with that team. They're going to be poised to be right back there. I was, much as we hate to say it, I was looking pretty good this year, um, and I'm going to tell you something, man. You know, there's just something about Iowa basketball. It's kind of like Wisconsin. They just find these players that kind of fit in a, a system that seems kind of boring, but it seems to work. So Iowa right there, you know, you can't forget Izzo, Michigan State, Purdue, Ohio State, you know, all kind of top seven, top eight teams in the conference. So if I had to break it down, kind of my top tier, what I'm looking at, um, I would probably say Indiana, Illinois, and Michigan, followed by, in no particular order, but the next kind of the, the middle rung, your Purdue's, Michigan State, Ohio State's, Iowa. And then from there, the rest and can one of those teams rise up? Rutgers, perhaps. Maryland, Wisconsin. You know, um, our neighbors over here to the east, they got another Lakeville uh, North kid from Minnesota sign. So, you know, stay tuned there. And our Gophers, which we're going to talk about here and have the interview coming up. Gophers are picked to finish dead last in a lot of polls or in that 12 to 14 range. And... It could be a tough year, but let's get our uh, first interview up here. Jeremy is going to tell us about Gopher Hoops. Um, again, you can find them Better Dead Than Red on Twitter at Herdsman11. And here he is. We taped this interview yesterday talking about our Golden Gophers. It's about a half hour long, so settle in. And he's got a lot of good information and here we go, and we'll be back after this interview. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Sports Done Right with Vince Wright, sports governor coming to you from Minnesota. And once again, joining us to talk a little gopher hoops this time. You know him as Better Dead Than Red, Jeremy Herder on Twitter. You can follow him at Herdsman11 on Twitter. And my friend, how are you? Thanks again for joining us. Uh, pretty good. I'm still uh, still trying to recover from uh, last night a little bit. Um, had uh, the Soda Pod guys out at the brewery and ended up staying uh, out way later than I should have. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, it was a, a good night at least. The Wild won, and that's what we needed. Uh, continue their winning ways right now after the start they had. But uh, I digress. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get into some hoops here. 
All right, you heard him. So, all right, man. Well, listen, let's just get right to it here. Now, the Gophers, after a very nice and, and you know, unexpected start last year, they, I think, rattled off nine straight victories. But then, you know, reality set in. And, uh, you know, I think we were talking before the show, they finished up at like 3-17 and 17 or something the rest of the way. So before we kind of get into the, the players and everything, let me ask you this here as, as Ben Johnson, let's talk expectations. You know, this is still a new coaching staff. You know, everything's still kind of new on it here. What do you think the Gopher program needs to do? Let's just call it a step forward. Let's not talk about tournament bursts or anything like that. Um, Jeremy, what are you looking for for the Gophers to say, hey, they've taken a nice step forward this year? What is it they have to do? Uh, well, I mean, looking at it uh, just purely based on like what we were saying from last season, I mean, yeah, that 9-1 start, I mean, they were way beyond anybody's expectations last year. I mean, they they had that, they first off, I mean, beating the uh, Princeton out of that tournament in Asheville, mm-hmm. I mean, there was... Princeton was the biggest team there um, that was not named Minnesota. Uh, I think there was right. just a bunch of you know, mid-majors out there, if I remember correctly. Uh, but, I mean, that was more or less to be expected, kind of going into a lower-level preseason tournament. Uh, kind of where they started to turn some heads was uh, going into Pittsburgh, beating Pitt in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Nobody expected them yeah. to win on that game on the road. Uh, they came the next week one at Mississippi State. And, right. again, two Power 5 teams that, you know, you don't really consider basketball powerhouses. Um, as of late, I should say, uh, Jamie Dixon, when he was at Pitt, that would be a huge win. Um, right, yeah. Nowadays, not so much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then, you know, following up, you know, just a couple weeks later, I know they had the disappointing loss uh, at home to uh, Michigan State, which uh, I was lucky enough to get to that game Uh you know, that was actually their first loss this season. And I think that, you know, a lot of people have that short-term memory because, yeah, they, they finished the season 3-16, and 16, not the best finish down the stretch. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people start to forget some of that, those early season wins. Um, you can chalk it up to that, you know, oh, well, they have, like, that cream puff schedule at the start of the year. It's like, well, they did have a couple Power 5. Uh, you know, they, they, road right. There yep, that, they sure did. Yeah, they and then, you know, they even carried that a little bit in the Big Ten after that loss to Michigan State going into Michigan and winning in Ann Arbor. Again, nobody expected that whatsoever. And around the, those those two Michigan states between uh, the Wolverines and the Spartans, around that time, we were actually getting votes to be in the top 25, too, in the AP. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, after how that season finished, a lot of people tend to forget that, too. Like this, I mean, I'm not expecting that again this season, but I think for us to have to show some type of success this upcoming year uh that at nine and one start i'd like to see that kind of progress a little bit more it seemed like one of the big issues last year was the depth uh i mean i think all five starters were at least you know 30 35 plus minutes a night that was very rarely absolutely it went yeah i mean uh, outside of and you know not even just, you know, some guys that might not have been ready to play at the Big Ten level. I mean, there was injuries, too. I mean, we can't forget Parker Fox. The, the first season he was out last year, I mean, he <laughs> right. was kind of expected to be a pretty big part of this team. And uh, we could have been having this exact same conversation last year about him. And then now it's the exact same thing with uh, another season-ending injury, unfortunately, happening in the summer. I'm, I'm excited to see him on the floor, and it's just going to – kind of sucked that it's going to take you know two plus years after we signed with right. the Ghost until we finally see him on the court but uh, I mean I'd love to see a little bit more of an extension of that preseason success I mean uh, as much of a gauntlet as they had last year against some of those lower level teams they're going to have probably an equal if not worse one a uh, little bit into the season here because mm-hmm. uh, yeah I mean they got a, a pretty solid litmus test here against the in the SoCal uh, tournament out there I think I talked to you about that last time but uh, their first game is going to be against Cal Baptist. If they win that one, most likely their opponent's going to be UNLV. Uh, that's the only other uh, you know, team that's you know people have heard of in that tournament. <laughs> but, right. Uh, you know, so that game against UNLV. Right after that, they're going to Virginia Tech to play the Hokies in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Right. Immediately after that, that that first initial slate of Big Ten games, since they do them in the middle of the non-conference now. Uh, those two games that we have are at Purdue and then Michigan coming here. So, I mean, those mm-hmm. four games right there and then a little <laughs> bit. Um, and then, I mean, almost right after that, too, yeah. we're having Mississippi State come back here to try to get some revenge for last season. So, right. 
Uh, I think that if, if they're able to have, I mean, even if they're even to go three and two through that stretch, I would consider that a huge win. Uh, I mean, UNLV, you'd think that one would be probably winnable. Um, I mean, Michigan and Mississippi mm-hmm. State at home, having the home crown behind them would be a huge plus. And then, right, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying they're going to win all five, but, I mean, with the amount of parity that there is in the Big Ten this year, uh, I mean, they're probably going to have at least one, two, three, maybe even three solid road wins this year. I mean, I, I think I saw, uh, I think it was Andy Katz, or no, it was Lunardi that said it, uh, where it was like right now this season it's much more about quantity over elite quality. Right. Which I would completely agree with that right now. But yeah, so as for as for expectations, I would consider it a a, a winning season if they at least you know at least probably double the amount of Big Ten wins they had last year. It, that's that's yeah. not that's not saying much. Right. Especially well, but no, I, was. and you hit exactly on the point that, that I was going to get to is that's exactly it because they didn't have a great big 10 year obviously last year so for me when you know we were talking kind of before we hit the air here and about expectations that is my expectation as well you know like you said you can double the amount of big 10 wins that's not saying a lot i would like to see them win a big 10 game or two that we're not expecting but it's just so hard to tell because let me ask you this Jamison Battle is the main man, right? So, you know, he, he's on the preseason All-Big Ten team. Everything Gopher basketball is going to center around him. Let me ask you this. Anybody else on this roster stand out to you outside of Jamison Battle? Obviously, we got an injury with Parker again. Not going to be seeing him anytime soon. But who? give me a couple other guys that, you know, you're looking for to really maybe step out this year. Or who you would like so, to see step up, maybe. So I'm I'm willing to uh, go and say that the popular answer for this question for a lot of people is probably going to be Dawson Garcia. Right. Uh, I mean, with the huge expectations transferring home after playing a season, I think in Marquette he averaged 16 a game. Uh, then he went down to North Carolina. I think he only played, I want to say, 13 games last season. I don't have the stats in front of me, but uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he only played about half the year in North Carolina um, for what well, I think what I heard it was having some family issues, wanted to transfer back home. So he's away right. from the team, um, which is the big reason why he came up here. But I know that that's, that's the answer that a lot of people are going to say. Um, I'm going to go actually with somebody else. And I think that this has been a pickup in the off season that not a lot of people have been talking about. And I think he's actually probably going to be a pretty solid key to our team, and that's going to be in the transfer from Moorhead State to Lon Cooper. Yeah. Uh, yep. So last, I mean, last season this guy was top ten in the NCAA in assists, averaging thirty-four minutes a game. I think I saw. Um, I remember seeing him in the uh, the Ohio Valley Tournament Championship last year against uh, Murray State, who eventually won that game. Uh, but I mean. It was uh, in that game, Cooper played 37 out of the 40 minutes in the game, and the three minutes that he was out, their offense was anemic, was completely disjointed, and that's when Murray State went on a pretty significant run to get back in the game. I think they were up by like six or eight at that point, and when Cooper came back into the game, they were right back to being tied with it. And mm-hmm. like they're, They were forcing passes. They, it seemed that they weren't really where you expected them to be for a team that was in a championship game like that. And that's right. kind of an issue that we had with our team a few times last season. I mean, I, I love Peyton Willis, uh, Luke Lowy, and I love them as players. Uh, but it seemed like a little bit last season, sometimes our offense was a little bit disjointed. It didn't – I mean, with – you can you know pick a time out of the hat last season when, you know, we had a close game at the end where, you know, it seemed like we right. threw the ball away at the wrong yep. time or, you know, key, it was a, it was key a turnover, exactly. Game. Yep. And yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I mean bringing in. No, go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, so I mean, bringing bringing in a guy like like Cooper, and I mean, after you know, like I said, watching his game a little bit, uh, he actually to put this in a little more of a perspective for Gopher fans, he his play reminded me a lot actually of uh, Al Nolan, who a lot of folks mm. will remember from the yep. those early Tubby years. Uh, he was a great floor general, uh, would always be able to seem to find the open guy. Wouldn't hit a ton of threes, but when he did, they were always at times that mattered. And that's, 
I don't think I remember Alan Nolan ever taking a three-pointer to, like, you know, when we were up by, like, five, ten points. It always seemed like when, you know, the momentum was switching away, we just went down by three. He'd come back and drain that uh, that three-point jumper to get us right back in it. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the same similar play that I've seen out of Cooper. Uh, he's not so much of a scorer in his own right, but, yeah, he's going to be able to find people. And why I think that he's going to be – the key to this team is uh, last year it was uh, Janai Broom was his main big guy down low. He was to that Moorhead State team what Jamison Battle is to us. Right. And there's a reason why he was a top, I think he was a top 10 transfer last year. He ended up going to Auburn. Uh, so, I mean, he's going to be a huge gift for that Auburn team. Uh, but now with if you're putting Cooper with Battle and then you're going to also pair him with Dawson Garcia, you just went from having this guy that can, you know, throw passes wherever he needs to get it through to seem to thread the needle there to mm-hmm. get the guys that are open. You just went from having him one go-to target to having three, or three if you include uh, Carrington on the outside too. So, I mean, I'm I'm really excited to see what this guy's going to do for our team. And uh, he's not getting any love from anywhere that I've seen online when I was uh, <laughs> stuff for this game. But, I mean, it's, Gopher fans, remember the name Talon Cooper because yeah, he, he's going to be the key to this team. How, how he plays is going to be very reminiscent of what's going to happen. He's got to eat a ton of minutes, which we learned last year that, uh, you know, depth can definitely be an issue. Uh, mm-hmm. So a guy that last year yeah, was averaging 34 minutes a game is going to be, be huge. That, that nice, you know, um, upper-classman presence. Uh, you know, the guy's been around the block. He's coming in here as a junior. So, I mean, he's been, been at this stage before. He knows how to handle the pressure. And, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I am too, because, you know, I mean, there's no better venue in town or, you know, I mean, you know, Williams Arena, when this team is rocking and it has been obviously a long time since this team's really been clicking. I mean, there's nothing better than watching a game at Williams Arena, the atmosphere, the crowd when this team is doing good is, you know, it's an electric place to be. So, you know, we talked about a couple of the key players here, you know, uh, Talon Cooper, uh, you know, Parker Fox, like you said, that's going to be so disappointing because, I mean, you know, the Monomedi kid, everybody was just so hyped. And when he came back and, and signed with the Gophers and, you know, you know, all the, the, the junior college player of the year type stuff, man, I was so excited, but it's just not working out with him um, and these injuries. Um, another player that I'm looking at here, I mean, outside of the, you know, the, the guys we've already talked about here, you know, we talked about Dawson because of his pure talent, but you know, we got guys like Samuels on the team here. Um, Joseph, we really need some of these bench players to really some, at least one or two of them to kind of step up this year, because like you just said a little bit ago, Jeremy, the Gophers have no depth and they had no bench and you couldn't really depend on anybody coming off the bench. Now there were times, you know, a couple games where a couple guys got hot here and there, but as a collective, the gopher bench is an issue. So um, anybody we may be missing there that can hopefully step up or who are you looking to come off the bench and step up and, you know, really give us some uh, some real points and some real minutes? Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of a grab bag at this point uh, between, you know, a few of those guys that can kind of play that 3-4 guard. I mean, Jaden Henley, Betts, uh, you know, Farrell Payne, um, um, Ola Joseph, you just mentioned him. Uh, and then I think that we're going to have a much better grasp of that actually after the first couple games this season here because um, I know that uh, Jamison Battle just had some uh, some minor foot surgery. He's going to be out at least probably the first game is what I, like I uh, saw Ben Johnson say. So, uh, you know, it, says one game, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out for maybe three, four games to start the season, uh, just because okay. I mean, you never know how long it's going to be. And I mean, some of the opponents they got to the start of the season, I can understand them kind of taking a little bit more of a cautious step with that. I mean, starting with Western Michigan, St. Francis, um, Central Michigan then come in, and then that uh, sermon out west with Cal Baptist. I mean, that's right, four yeah. of our first five games there are you know, not huge expect to be kind of the cream of the crop for college basketball teams uh so i'm i'm hoping that because we do the one that i uh, didn't mention in that group of five to start the game or a certain season was uh depaul coming to the um come to the barn so 
I mean, that'll be – DePaul had a similar story to us last year. I mean, they were near the bottom of the Big uh, the big East last year. But at the same time, they had some pretty out-there wins you wouldn't expect them to have. I think they won right. at Louisville. They beat Seton Hall. They beat uh, Xavier out in Cincy. So, I mean, it's, it's a team that, you know, like us, that finished near the bottom. But it seemed like when they put it together, they could beat anybody in the country. And that's the team that we looked like at the beginning of the year last year before we kind of ran out of gas. Right. Um, so – That'll be a that'll be a big step. Um, I'm excited for that DePaul game in that group because yeah, if Jamison Battle's not back, I think we're gonna get a pretty solid idea of a who is on the bench. We know that Ben Johnson's gonna rely a little bit more, and b who of that group is gonna be able to come out and, and actually score and you know kind of fill some of those huge shoes that Jamison Battle's gonna be open. I mean, yeah, you already mentioned some of the equities getting. He's already on the Julius Irving watch list to start the season, so mm-hmm. it's I, I think that that's gonna be. Uh, that early test against DePaul is going to be a nice view of who Ben Johnson could be relying on coming off of the bench. Exactly, because, you know, these early games with Purdue and Michigan, um, I wish maybe they were a couple other opponents, but, hey, it is what it is in the Big Ten. And, again, folks, Jeremy Herter, better dead than red on Twitter, joining us here talking go for basketball here on the Sports Done Right podcast with Vince Wright, the sports governor. All right, my friend. So before we talk about the conference as a whole, let's kind of get into our coaching staff here. Coach Johnson's second year. Uh, I, I, you know, the first year obviously is going to be a lot of hurdles, a lot of bumps. And, and, you know, after a very unexpected start that we discussed, you know, that's what they ran into. So for year two for Ben Johnson, uh, let me ask you this. What do you think about his recruiting? He seems to be getting some traction with in-state recruits, even though we lost the uh, Lakeville kid to Wisconsin. Yeah, big shocker there. Another Lakeville kid going I mean, over to Wisconsin. <laughs> man. But, yeah, yeah, Lakeville's I, turning into Wisconsin Junior at this point. So. It sure is. It really is. But, hey, that's all right. They can have them. They can have them. But, um, you know, year two for Ben Johnson. Let's start with the recruiting what do you hear and how do you feel about his recruiting? Obviously in state as well, trying to keep some of these uh, big talent kids home. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, looking at, you know, forward to the season, we're going to kind of see really a much better idea of what his recruiting is looking like. I mean, last year uh, with coming into the season with, I think with an, I, Isaiah Enan was the only player that stayed after Patino was fired. So, I mean, you can't really even grade him off that first season since, I mean, you know, pretty much needing to put a whole patchwork team together just to have uh, five guys on the court and not really able to get too many of his own guys at that point. I think this is the year that we're really going to see because, I mean, yeah, um, I know, like, neither Carrington or Ola Jofus were the best player coming out of the state or of uh, Carol Payne. Uh, including that group too mm-hmm. um, you know none of them were were seen as the top player in the state uh, but you know kind of expecting this year to see how those guys are fitting into his system because yeah I mean he, the, the best player in the state might not have come here but are these the best players for our system to come here I think that's right. what I'm going to be looking at a lot more as compared to you know just it, I mean if the next best player coming out of the state with someone who is a clone of Jamison Battle, I mean, are, are you really going to get that much playing time on him? I can't remember the – I think he went to Michigan State. I can't remember the uh, – uh, mm-hmm. Chapman, I think it was. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, trying to trying to kind of like see how his recruits fit with the team this year uh, because, I mean, next year is going to be a completely different story. I'm looking to see how these guys right. are, but, I mean, you immediately look at Dennis Evans and – and, I mean, we uh, talked about him yeah. last time. Yep. I mean, I'm, I, I am already excited about next year's team even more than I am this year. Uh, I mean, because, you know, you're going to have uh, both Jameson Battle and Talon Cooper in their senior years, adding Dennis Evans, uh, seventh footer down low. Uh, I think right. that I'm probably more excited for next season's uh, Gopher <laughs> team than, <laughs> than I have been years, since, yeah. I think, like, what, 09? Uh, yeah, that yeah. year that we got Roddy Williams and Royce White to come here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to talk about that how, how that panned out, but just from a recruiting aspect, these right. are the similar levels, and I think that you know some Gopher fans should start you know turning heads a little bit more back towards the the basketball team. Um, I didn't even mention Cam Christie; he's the top player coming out of Illinois to come up uh, next exactly. year. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, Gopher so, fans. I mean, we do. We got some real, real deep talent coming here as well. And like you said, man. 
to have that paired with like bad on those guys in their senior year, you know, yeah, next year, unfortunately, we got to wait a whole year and get through a season first. But no, I think you're exactly right, Jeremy. I, I think you hit it right on. So let me ask you about this. So, okay, recruiting wise, we like what the coach is doing. I, you know, I, I like what I've been hearing from, you know, Minnesota high school coaches, but you know, it is Minnesota. You're going to have to recruit nationally. And I think he's starting to lay some good seeds uh, for future recruiting classes. Now, let me ask you, just as the coach, how do you like Ben? Is there anything you'd like to see him maybe do with the team this year that he didn't do last year? Any different playing styles? Any new schemes you'd like to see? Um, Talk to us about the head coach, Ben Johnson. Uh, I mean, I think that, you know, it just – we already talked about a little bit, uh, just utilizing the bench a little bit more. That's, that's mm-hmm. going to be the key. And, you know, I'd be, I, I'm going to, I'm going to keep beating that drum that, you know, that was, that was kind of the downfall of this team last year was that, you know, like we already said, you know, a lot of it was, was injuries. I mean, losing Isaiah Enan, uh, we'll add him in that group too, along with Parker Fox. Uh, you know, it's like uh, Eric Curry missed time last year with injuries too. Uh, I mean, it's, it's so many, guys that we were relying on to eat up a lot of minutes mm-hmm. that ended up not playing. So uh, I, I'd like to see a lot more bench use this year because, yeah, I mean, hopefully we don't finish the last 20 games of the year with four wins. Uh, so, I mean, that's going to be that's gonna be the biggest thing for me to watch with that. Um, you, you can't ask me about, on a personal level about the guy. He gave me free tickets last year to that Michigan State game. I was sitting right behind the bench. So I'm – uh, on a very personal level, I love the guy. I hope he never leaves. Uh, but what he puts on the court is going to be a much different story. Um, I mean, let's let's wait and see how the season's looking. Because yeah, this is really going to be this is really going to be to not steal a line from Coach Flight. This is going to be his year one. Last year was his year zero. This mm-hmm. is this is going to be year one now. Exactly. All right. So let me ask you this here before we get you out of here. Then uh, better dead than red, my man. Let's talk about this conference as a whole. So we've talked about the Gophers. You know, we're anticipating from the sounds of it. I'm, you know, a, a few more victories for the Gophers. But man, you know, you got some tough squads in here. Illinois, Indiana's looking to improve as well. Ohio State's out there. You know, Gophers always seem to have some issues playing Iowa as well, Wisconsin, on and on and on it goes. But, you know, what do you think about the Big Ten as a conference this year as a whole? Because, you know, I'm a little older than you, and I grew up in the days where the Big Ten was the, you know, and I'm holding up the air quotes here, the basketball conference. But it has been a long time since that Michigan State team with uh, Mateen Cleaves won a national championship. And honestly, a lot of other conferences, a lot of other mid-major conferences, you know, just with this changing kind of look of, of college sports in general, but college basketball and to have your Gonzagas of the world now rise to prominence. What is the Big Ten going to look like this year? And are we going to have any say in the national championship? And I know I'm asking uh, a lot. That, <laughs> no, uh, I, I got you. The, the national championship, I think that it's, it's pretty safe to say I'm I'm not expecting an, uh, the Big Ten to come home with the national title. Uh, I mean, you know, and with with all the up, um, the additions that teams have made, the improvements of t- uh, players like uh, uh, Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana. I mean, he's the front runner for the Big Ten Player of the Year. Big reason why Indiana is high as a 13. Uh, I mean, it, other teams got good players come back too, like Hunter Dickinson at Michigan coming back for I think it's fourth year now uh, i think he was expected to go in the draft last year i mean there's there's some pretty high level players still within the big 10 but i mean even with how good our teams were last year i mean what we made had nine teams in the big 10 make the tournament only two made it to the second weekend which if for trying to be a you know top level basketball conference that's more or less been the story for the last two years i mean we haven't had a team in the title game since wisconsin in 2015 right and exactly. i mean this, this is definitely a, a down year for the big 10 i'm i'm not expecting it to, to for i mean i'm not even expecting a big 10 team to be even more close to the final four at this point i mean we might get a cinderella run from someone like a like illinois i mean you can never count out tom izzo in march sure. i know that some yeah. people around the state absolutely despise tom izzo 
but you can't deny the guy's pedigree come uh, March mm-hmm. with him being able to – it seems almost every year at Michigan State, doesn't matter what number's in front of that team, they're a tough out. Uh, so did, what, did they make the Sweet 16 as a 10 seed a couple of years ago, something yeah. like that, 8 seed? I think so, yeah. I know when, when – when nobody expected them to be in it, I think um, that might have been the same year that because uh, yeah, cause they docked out Duke a couple years back when uh, yeah they weren't expected to and yeah, Tom is one of those coaches that I would never want to face uh, come any type of postseason scenario. Absolutely. So I mean, you could get some you could get some type of Cinderella run by someone like that, but I, I'm not expecting. I mean, I'm at the tops. I think I saw that uh, Lunardi had uh, Indiana as a three or a four, one of the two, and that was they were the top team in the Big Ten. Uh, so I mean, it's yep. going to be, yeah. I mean, like I said before, quantity over like that real elite quality that you expect for a conference. And I mean, you can even see the preseason rankings reflect that too. This is the first time we haven't had a Big Ten team in the top ten since the original Star Wars was in theaters. Like that's, <laughs> right. that's how long it's been. So that's even before the you know year years that you're talking about when we were the premier basketball conference. So yeah. that's uh, I mean it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting come March to see what how the Big Ten's looking because I mean the last like seems like four or five years they were leading in total numbers of teams in yet we were always the one that were having teams upset in the first second you know very rarely you know it seems like we're getting teams into that second weekend uh so yeah national title hopes i had it's I would say slim to none. I mean, you have the college basketball seems like it's so top heavy right now. I mean, North Carolina seems to be that you know, undeniable favorite yeah. to win the title. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, because I just pulled up and I just pulled up the poll too. Um, you know, with UNC on top, and I was just searching, and I'm sorry because I, I cut you off from your thoughts, so I'll let you get back to that in a second. But the highest ranking Big Ten team. Is Indiana, Indiana at, at thirteen? Yep, exactly. Yep. Or if you're if you're looking at the coaches at the coaches poll, we're only at fourteen. Or Indiana is at fourteen with that. But I mean, yeah, only three in the top twenty-five. I mean, mm-hmm. we have another five that are receiving votes. So I mean, it's it's really doesn't seem like you know initially for the preseason stuff that the Big Ten's really getting any love for that. Uh, which is a yeah. big reason why I feel like, you know, this this Gopher squad this year is going to be able to possibly double the amount of wins they had last year in the Big Ten. They only had four last year, so saying eight wins out of their Big Ten games this year really isn't that, you know, big of a um, ask either. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we'll see how it's looking, uh, you know, come start of the season. I'm, I'm still hand, planning to go to at least a handful of games here this year. Right. Uh, so, I mean... But yeah, yeah so that's, it's. I, I would consider that yeah, a successful season. If we if we go into the Big Ten tournament and we're eight and twelve, uh, I'm going to say hats off to Ben Johnson for a good year, uh, despite what happens. No, I totally uh, agree. Expectation. Oh, uh, if we want to be the total homer, though, I wouldn't be surprised if the way this team is built and how even the Big Ten is. I'm expecting we can probably even at least get at one bye in the Big Ten tournament, which Ooh. again, not saying that much. It means that we're not in the bottom six. So right. <laughs> that's or bottom five, I think is how the Big Ten tournament set up. Yep. Well that may uh, be a big so ask, but I, I hope you're correct. <laughs> uh yeah, like like I said, we'll we'll see in that early that early season test, that that stretch of five games all I, I may or may not amend those expectations in the, after that game against Mississippi State on uh, December 11th. So, right. yeah, because, I mean, after we've got a touch of the Big Ten schedule there, like I said, those big uh, non-con games away from home against UNLV and Virginia Tech, I mean, we'll we'll see what it's looking like after then. Uh, but, yeah, it, we'll it, pretty much the season's up in the air at this point. I mean, with, yeah. you know, how little respect they're getting on a national level. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think I saw that uh, also, they had for the predictions for all the Big Ten that we were either predict to be dead last or second to last on it is, every well, major news outlet. I it at. is funny so, you mentioned that because that you know while you were uh, talking there, I pulled up a couple of the polls, and that is exactly what I'm seeing. Like on ESPN here, it's funny you mentioned Lenardi because he has us dead last. Um, a couple other ESPN folks here, Gasaway, Barzello, and Metcalf, they have the Gophers either 13th or 14th. So there's obviously no real expectations from a lot of the, you know, the writers out there 
So hopefully our Gophers can just prove people wrong. And hey, if they can contend for that, you know, six seed and get that by, um, I think that would be major success in year two. Oh, yeah. And then it's, I mean, college basketball, too, is definitely that, that type of game where it's, you know, what have you done for us lately? I mean, wait, like I said, with that, that nine wins in their first 10 games last year, that amazing start, if, if something like that is replicated this year, yeah, yeah I'd be expecting them to get votes in December, uh, you know, because everyone's already going to forget about that. People are going to amend their who they think is going to end up where in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, they, this is a team they had no expectations last year and managed some pretty good wins in the early season. Um, I, I get I'm not expecting them to start that hot again, but uh, I I wouldn't be as surprised as the typical fan if they did. Right. All right, folks. And there you go. We uh, had a little cut out there at the end on the interview there. But again, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. Herdsman11 at on Twitter there is where you can follow Jeremy at. And he is all thing go for hoops, man. So let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll finish out the show with some NFL talk. The Vikings are 5-1. and one. Again, it wasn't pretty at times. Arizona in that game to the muff punt. But Vikings find a way to win. And, you know, what can you say? You got to love that. So... Uh, we will be right back after this break. We are on the Pigskin Podcast Network. And by the way, folks, um, DraftKings Sportsbook is the network sponsored. So, hey, imagine this. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining the possession are slim. The stakes are high. The tension is even higher. Your pulse is racing. The kick you watch. The ball lands. Vice, oh my God, what's going to happen? Making every play feel this exciting um, is what you do when you get DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check it out. In addition to the usual bets, Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. So to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on a stepped-up same-game parlay once per game day all season long. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using the code TPPN. Again, folks, uh, go to DraftKings Sportsbook, put in the code TPPPN. Take advantage of this offer. It is a good one. So shout out DraftKings Sportsbook, our network sponsor as well. So we will be right back with the remaining part of the show. This is Vince Wright. I am the sports governor, the big smooth, and this is the Sports Done Right Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Vince Wright, the sports governor and host of the Sports Done Right Podcast, and I'm here to tell you about Cultivated CBD. The best CBD products on the market come from Cultivated CBD. So whether you want to roll on a smokable option, maybe you want some of the gummies to help you with your anxiety or pain relief, go to CultivatedCBD.com, the best CBD company out there, and tell them Vince Wright, the sports governor, sent you. I like this right here.
hot, then I must have did it. If it's not, then I wasn't with it. Bad boy, stay committed. Whether hip hop or R&B, featuring Faith Evans, co-starring me. P Diddy, you know I got the key to your city. Unlock the door, rock some more. Beats be laced. Bad boy, heat the place. We run R&B too, cause we keep the faith. Giving the streets a taste. Blaze the charts. In case you forgot, first lady be making it hot. Ain't nobody taking the spot. Now it's safe instead of pain. Coming through with a better grain. In the dash, cell phone, better range. Get the cash, stack paper for the whole four quarters. Damn, some things never change. You feel me? Yeah, let's make it dance. Come on, let's go. We can dance, Them but them blacks, all the players, all the hustlers. I'm talking about a black man heaven here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's beginning to look a lot like wood. Follow my every step. Take notes on how I crept. I was about to go in depth. This is the way I creep my season. Here's my get to rep. I kept to say the least. No, no, it can't cease. So I began to piece my two and two together. Got no snowy weather. Have to find something to do better. Bet I said some time, so shut up that. Nonsense about some solid, solid. I got sick. Crock if it ain't real, ain't right. I'm like, no matter what the season. Forever chill with Smith. I sent my fifth. I chill with West and got my reason. So tell me, what did you expect? You thought I'd break my. To help y'all deck the, the, Oh no, I got other means of celebrating I'm getting blizzard at Hojo I got the hoochie waiting I made it through another year Can't act for nothing much more It's outcast for the books I thought you knew So now you know Let's go official. He's Minnesota's number one sports color commentator. The people got it right, and now it's time for you to get your sports done right. With the governor of sports talk, the Honorable Vince Wright. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, folks, we are back. Sports done right, and we are talking football. The Minnesota Vikings Five and one. What can you not like about our Minnesota Vikings? It may not be pretty, but Minneapolis, it's feeling like a paradise city with these Vikings, I'm telling you. So let's talk a little bit about this last game here. Our, or, uh, listen to me, if I can get the words out. I'm trying to say Arizona, as in the Arizona Cardinals came in. And they've been struggling as well, not the start that they wanted to have. They come into Minneapolis, and man, the Vikings, you know, they look good. Again, it's never really pretty. Arizona was into that game right up until the muff punt. Again, our Vikings find a way to get it done. Now, what I do like is they go out of their way during this week here, and they pull off a trade. They bring in TJ Hawkinson to tie it in from Detroit. Uh I have a, a tie-in here because I'm not a big fantasy guy. I'm on a a I'm in a fantasy league, a kind of this media league on Twitter. 
And he just happens to be my tight end, TJ Hawkinson. So I've actually been keeping an eye on this guy this year, and this guy can play. We're talking yards, touchdowns. You get him the ball, like I said about Kyle Rudolph, man. Good things happen. And I think the addition of TJ Hawkinson is a, well, it's it's not a minor miracle by any means, but it is definitely proof positive that the Vikings want to do it and they want to win now. And, you know, why the hell not? Why wouldn't you? You're 5-1. and one. You have a new, you know, regime in town here. And again, it's not pretty how they've been winning. Okay, we, we understand that. We understand this team has some issues. We're going to talk about a couple of them that have been brought up here recently in a moment here with a couple players on the offensive line and our kicker. But they're 5-1. and one. And in a season where you have the Packers regressing, all the other teams in the division, it's, you know, it's just kind of a, a muck of, of losers right now. And... You know, nothing nothing but looking forward here for the Minnesota Vikings. So let's kind of, we'll keep it in perspective here. You know, Philadelphia at the time of this taping, which is Thursday night, very, very late night. We're actually in the fr- Friday morning here. Eagles now 8-0. They won tonight over a, a miserable Houston team. A lot of good teams out there, but the Vikings are one of those good teams. And I'm very excited about that. So they get the win. They, they're going into Washington this week. I really, listen, we know there's payback for Kirk Cousins and all this stuff. I really expect the Vikings to, to put together a good game out there in Washington. A lot of extracurricular stuff going on for the commanders right now. Is the team being sold, so on, so forth, just all the other stuff. But I expect the Vikings to go and get a win out there. But we do have a couple issues here. People have been talking about Greg Joseph. You know, he has been missing kicks. A couple of them were blocked, but, you know, he's been missing kicks. So, again, that Viking question mark of a kicker is out there yet again, my people. Why can't the Vikings just always just get it? Why can't we have a solid kicker? Every year it seems like we're talking about kickers. We're just talking about kickers, man. And after winning the starting position, right guard Ed Ingram has been struggling to say the least from everybody you talk to out there in Egan out there at the Vikings headquarters. We've been seeing it in games after he won the starting job, looking very good in the preseason. It's been a tough hole for him, so uh, keep an eye, see if maybe somebody eh, may be replacing Ed Ingram. I, I don't see that. I mean, I think, you know, hey, roll with the punches here. He is a rookie, you know, so he's kind of learning on the job new, but it is what it is. So, again, really liking this TJ Hawkinson pickup for the Minnesota Vikings here. Uh, as we take a look at the standings, we actually let's jump over here. Okay, here we go. So Vikings, excuse me, Vikings are six and one. I was stuck on five and one going into Arizona, but we're six and one here, man. Packers three and five, Bears three and five, Lions one and six. Okay, Minnesota, yours to win. No reason to blow this division now. Um, as you take a look over at the NFC East, the Eagles are 8-0 and the Cowboys are 6-2. The Giants, surprisingly 6-2 as well. Out in the West, Seahawks 5-3. This is kind of a muddled division. 4-4 uh, for the Niners, 3-4 for the Rams, 3-5 for the Cardinals. Falcons are 4-4. They're on top of their division, the NFC South. Buccaneers, boy, Tom Brady, man. I mean, with all the obviously the personal stuff going on, uh, some some big injuries down there in Tampa Bay, and yeah, maybe he should have stayed retired. They're three and five, tied with the Saints. Panthers are two and six, my friends. So, 
Um, it is what it is there as we go over to the AFC. You got to like what you see in Buffalo, man. Six and one, looking good. The upstart New York Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Five and three tied with the Dolphins. Patriots are four and four in the East out there in the AFC West. The Chiefs, you know, laying claims to it again, looking like the Bills and Chiefs in the AFC. But the Chiefs are five and two. Chargers four and three. The Broncos three and five. Very disappointing season for them. Broncos and Russell Wilson. They just can't score. They can't, you know, they have one good drive and they just can't seem to put anything together out there offensively and what they're doing in Denver people is they're wasting a very good Denver Broncos defense by the way uh three and five and the Raiders boy the Raiders need to blow it up and start all over Davis needs to sell the team Uh, he has proved to be nothing of an owner out there Uh, I mean look at this they're two and five they got a whole new city, a, a new stadium, everybody around them. They can't put it together. They're going to have to take a look at, at blowing it up. And, you know, David Carr seems to be a very fine dude. But, man, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know about him being the starting quarterback for my uh, organization if I'm a Raiders fan. So, you know, Devontae comes back to join his college teammate. And this is what they run into. Two and five already literally eliminated from any playoffs unless they can turn it around. Let's go over to the AFC North here on Sports Done Right. The Ravens hanging tough. Five and three. Again, another muddled division. Bengals, big disappointment. Four and four so far. Uh, Coming off of another loss here. We'll see if they can... If you're the Bengals, you just want to find a way to get to the playoffs and go from there. So uh, they can still win their division, but they are not helping themselves. Over in the AFC South, outside of Tennessee, it's nobody. Tennessee's 5-2. and two. Indianapolis, man, quarterback issues ever since Andrew Luck has retired. You've been seeing a lot of articles about that for the Indianapolis Colts. They're 3-4, and four, you know, benching Matt Ryan effectively ending his career uh you know they just said hey we're going with with you know the backup here the rest of the year jaguars are two and six uh hopefully they can find a way to turn it around next year and get some more wins but again uh lawrence you know i think it's more organizational down there see if anything can change and try and give that quarterback a chance down there and the Texans with their loss again tonight. They go 1-6-1. And, you know, they got rid of Deshaun Watson. They were kind of caught up in all that stuff that was going on with him. They're looking at next year. <laughs> it's that simple, my friends. And the Vikings, like I said, got issues. Ed Ingram, Greg Joseph. I really like the TJ Hawkinson pickup, man. 6-1. and one. Let's take it to 7-1. and one. Minnesota Vikings all the way this weekend. Washington, again, organizational dysfunction. But Vikings better be prepared. And I, But, again, I think this is a good game for the Vikings. I think this is a nice, good road win for them. And it's right there for the taking if they just go out and execute. what They have the better team. They have the better players. No reason to lose this game in Washington, my friends. All right, with that being said, we're going to get on out of here. We ran a little bit over tonight. I wanted to touch on the Timberwolves. We'll get to them a little bit later. Uh, we'll Real quick here, Western Conference, the Wolves are sitting in the ninth seed at 4-4 four and four again early in the season. And this year on Sports Stumbrite, we're not going to worry so much about the division standings. We're going to take a look at the conference standings because really that's what it boils down to in the end. So... Wolves four and four, Sun sitting on top at six and one. If you go over to the East, Bucks are seven and zero. Oh. Great start for the Milwaukee Bucks, trying to get back to the championship and see if they can get a second championship for the Greek Freak over there. Cavaliers, the surprising Cleveland Cavaliers, not going away early in the season. Six and one. Who needs LeBron? They say the Cleveland Cavaliers may be back. Raptors, Hawks coming up. But I'm going to tell you something here. Ben Simmons does not want to play basketball. The Brooklyn Nets, man, they are becoming just a laughing stock. Two and six. 
all this talent, I don't... They need to start all over, too. You've heard people actually started to say, trade them all. Get rid of Kyrie. Get rid of KD. I mean, you know, Simmons having all kinds of issues. And and I don't want to make light of, of anything he may or may not be going through. He definitely needs to get with a sports psychologist, so... Because it just seems like he may not want to play basketball anymore. So the Brooklyn Nets, man, they are just in a world of hurt. You know, Kyrie, he's going through it now with the supposed anti-Semitic com or you know endorsement, non-endorsement, tweet, non-tweets, all this stuff going on. And once again, it's just sideshow with the Brooklyn Nets. It's not what's happening on the court. It's what's happening off the court. And this team, I, you can't keep this team together too much longer. I mean, it's just not working. They got to go and find and build a team in Brooklyn to get this thing figured out. So, all right, folks, with that being said, I am Vince Wright, the sports governor. I'm going to get on out of here for this evening. Thank you so much. Thank you. Support the sponsors, Cultivated CBD, the Pigskin Podcast Network, 7th Avenue Pizza, best frozen pizza out there. And again, we are on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Make sure you check us out there. All kinds of great shows for all the fan bases. College football, they got hockey, they got basketball, they got baseball, they got it all covered, my friends. I am Vince Wright, a.k.a. The Big Smooth, a.k.a. The Sports Governor of the great state of Minnesota. Get out and vote next week. I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Sports Done Right with your host, the governor of Minnesota Sports Talk, the Honorable Vince Wright. Check out Sports Done Right every Tuesday night. And when it's over, stay up on all of the breaking sports news and commentary by joining the Sports Done Right Facebook group. Let your voice be heard and join the conversation right now. You finally got it right with Sports Done Right.